Hey, I'm Abby and I'm interviewing my dad, Greg Sterling. In my podcast, I wanted to talk about like the stock market and financial literacy and like, especially since we are, most of us are graduating this year, I wanted to talk about just like getting started and living on your own as well. So we'll start off with a few just easy questions so you can get a sense about Greg and who he is. So how would you describe yourself? Oh, okay. Now, now that I get a sense of uh, where you're going with this. Um, I describe myself as somebody who's very um, numbers oriented, somebody who I took an early interest in the stock market, early interest in financial markets, and I was always very um, numerically driven. So I, I kind of observed my world through um, relationships, numerical relationships. Yeah. And uh, so I describe myself as a, um, a very left brained individual, I'd say. Yeah, and I feel like I get that from you. Like, I'm more math-oriented and, like, numbers as well. I work better with those, so I think I definitely get most of that from you. Right. Well, thank you, because <laughs> I think you're very good at it. Much better than I ever was. <laughs> Fair enough. So, what do you do for a living? Well, I've done a lot of things. Um, what I do for a living now, I, I don't consider to be my real passion in, in life. I think my passion in life was uh, creative problem-solving. And um, so I worked in television and radio. I worked in video production and I did communications uh, consulting for companies. Now I primarily work in the stock market and, I, um, and I, I'm actively trading. And I guess that's how I'm making my living. Right, yeah. And then are you still like running Healthy Heroes or like do you still have a part in that? I do definitely still have a part of that. And um, COVID has definitely put us on a... Uh, a different trajectory um, because of the schools and uh, and what we're allowed right. to do, but um, Healthy Heroes is still uh, a, a passion of mine, which is food security for elementary school children, and I'm working with the fire department on on that front. Yeah, I think that's really interesting in that like the stock market definitely like trading stocks and stuff is probably giving you a lot more freedom than like a regular job would as well, and I definitely want something like that later in life. Well, it's it. The thing that I don't like about the stock market is it's not a very social position. Like I, I don't work with a team of people. I work predominantly by myself, and um, <clears throat> you know most of what I'm doing is I'm looking at um, the macroeconomic climate, so the global economy, and then I'm looking at individual companies and sort of what they're doing um, with within this evolutionary place. Uh, that is 2021 and um, you know and that could be in agriculture it could be in technology it could be in healthcare it doesn't really matter where the industry is but I, I, I try to look at the the global perspective and then boil it down to who's sort of being a disruptor in a number of traditional industries right yeah definitely like the social part that I do like as a job for sure but I think that I definitely want to start investing in the stock market and i think this would be a great way just to get started and have like an idea of what the market's doing like how to invest when to invest and just stuff like that yeah yeah and well i think i you know when i think of because uh, i was not much older than you when i took my first stock investing uh, course in university 
And I remember going in and, and learning, um, it was um, securities analysis, and the teacher was filling in for a professor that was on a um, sabbatical. And this guy was an investor. He wasn't a teacher, but he said, basically, everything that you're going to read in this book is really no longer is valid because what happened in the stock market in the 80s was that um, a much more diversified population of people started to invest. It wasn't the traditional institutional investors, the banks and the insurance companies. And so when that happened, the whole um, form and function of how we evaluated companies changed. It wasn't, it was no longer that fundamental mathematical model of like future earnings. It was like what was popular and popularity uh, was driven mostly from greed and fear right in, yeah in the retail investor so when people were fearful market prices tended to come down and when they were greedy market prices tended to go up right yeah so there was a fundamental shift back there in the in the uh in the 80s and now it's even more widespread you have you know these other um and i don't know what i call them um like robin hood and reddit and and in these uh these like, like social media platforms? Well, they're, they are social media, but they're functionalities that allow people to buy fractions of shares. Yeah. And so you could literally invest $10, $20. Right. And that's opened up a whole new f population of investor. Basically, I mean, you I mean know, anyone my own can son, do it. anyone can do it. And my son, Luke, at 16, is, is wanting to invest. And so that was unheard of 30 years ago. Yeah. And what companies like were popular when you first started investing? Like I'm sure they're totally different from now and today. Well, the you know when you go back and you look at the Dow Jones uh, Industrial Average, that was made up of 30 stocks, and it still is. But Coca-Cola, Procter and Gamble, Boeing, um, Bank of America, these were those really large companies that had existed for 100 years. But now there are so many new companies. In fact, Amazon, one of the biggest companies in the world, has only only been around for 25 years. Yeah, right. You so, know? yeah, Apple probably hasn't been around that long. Apple has not been around much longer, about 35 years. Okay, yeah. yeah. And I also wanted to ask you, what is one of your biggest accomplishments? Well, that, that again, has to do with who you're, who, who I'm speaking to. Right. Um, I think 99% of the people I would talk to at my biggest accomplishment would be the three children that I have. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's yeah. A given. And, you know, and, and 1% of them might be, it might be something else. Like, I don't know, I might talk about um, my dirt bike race. racing was really a passion of mine in my 20s and 30s. Um, other than that, I was in, into uh, flying, you know, air, airplanes and so that was a passion, but I, I rarely mention those anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think if I asked you in a financial sense, would the answer change? You know, I, I don't think anybody should ever put their uh, an accomplishment in a financial manner. I think the success of life it has to do with your happiness quotient. I think if you're not happy, then it doesn't matter how much money you made or didn't make. Your success is is not there. <clears throat> Happiness is where it is. Um, so if you're laughing and you're joyful and you have family and friends, 
that's a successful life. Money's got nothing to do with it. Yeah, I definitely have to agree that like, I mean, as long as you're happy, you are successful. And like, that's probably one of like life's biggest purposes is just like to be happy no matter what you are doing. Absolutely. And so you, where did you go to university? I went to Arizona State University. Uh, before I did though, I went to a, a community college. So I went to Scott, Scottsdale Community College as well as Glendale. Mm -hmm. And that was mostly because I really didn't have a very successful time in high school. Um, I changed schools a lot. I didn't uh, really ever fit in and uh, my grades reflected that. But um, once I got into college, I really liked the experience. I liked um, the teachers, I liked the materials. It was taught in a way that I resonated with and um, and then from there I, I really enjoyed school and I got good grades. Yeah, I feel like just the experience between high school and university is just completely different. Mm -hmm. And I think that definitely high school is not for everyone. I think that university is so much like just broader in the sense of like diversity and like different people and just opportunities as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. High school is a difficult time too. I mean, when you're 16, 17, 18, it's like everybody goes through, you know, a, a challenge, I think, at, during those years because you're coming into yourself. And, uh, you know, and if you don't have the, the right um, foundation in high school or in your family life, uh, those years can be very challenging. Yeah, for sure. And you studied business. How, how was that? And what did you learn? Um, you know, I learned about traditional um, models of marketing and finance and um, how to take a product or service and, and make a living from it. Um, and it's funny because I, I, I think I've had a, uh, even though in the beginning of this, I talked about my brain as sort of a left brain. I have a, a well-developed right brain, which is my creative side. It's just not musical or, or artistic. It's problem solving. Yeah. So that part of business I really enjoyed. But um, I think if I had to go back and do it all over again, I think I, I would have liked to have been a builder or some sort of a, a designer of buildings. Yeah, I, like, I would have enjoyed that. Yeah, I think contracting and just, I like interior design a lot. Yeah, I think that's where like I'm most creative because I... I, I'm not good at music and I, I'm not super artistic either. I really like to de decorate and design, like especially houses and like just like landscaping is nice, but I really like interior design. Cool. Yeah. And do you have any advice for students going to university? Wow. That's a, uh, that's a big question. Um, advice for students going to university. It can really be anything like I think that I mean I'm pretty in the dark I don't know a lot about university would, besides well I mean I, I could I could probably give advice to you uh, going to university <laughs> yeah and that and that I would say um, make sure that you go and and I think if I was giving advice to anybody going to university I would, I, I would first say try to balance your life. Right. Um, you know, you're going to be you're going to have a lot of demands on you academically, socially, physically. It's like you're going to need to allow yourself to sleep when you need to sleep. You're going to have to study when you need to study. 
you can have your social time, but you're going to have to balance your life. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges when you, it's your first real experience living away from home. And, um, and as a result, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, choices for you to make. And, and so you got to make good choices. Right. I think balance is super important because I've definitely had a hard time balancing, like just even high school. So I think that I'm going to have to work much harder at it. Yeah, and I would I would think that there's more peer pressure in college to to go out and uh, be social and to do all the activities that are there because you know your friendships are going to become um, even more solid and 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 of course you'll meet so many new people. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to just meeting new people and just new experiences um, in in general. Yeah, so learning to say no is a, a, I think an important part of living independently <laughs> yeah i can definitely you agree. gotta you can't take every option that comes to you you gotta say no occasionally right and so after you graduated is that when you started investing in stocks or did you do that during university no it was definitely after i mean i didn't have any money when i was in university right so once you start making a bit of money then it's like and I, and to I can't remember uh, uh, investing for maybe a year or two after I started working, but I was interested in it enough that I wanted to look at different companies and watch them for a year before I made any choices. Yeah. And and that was always something that I did as a kid. I um, I was always very careful about where I put money and how I spent money. Yeah. I, uh, I would literally go out of the house when I was a kid to go shopping, and I purposely would not take money with me. I wanted to go out, shop, and then have to come back to the house and I had time to think about it then. And then I'd go back and if I, after thinking about it, I thought, yeah, I, I will buy that. Then I would buy it. That ha would have definitely stopped me from buying a lot of things <laughs> that I have bought. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I think that's a good strategy. If I you... probably should have told you this story earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, I think that's really good if you definitely are looking to save money. Sure. You know, and today there's so many spontaneous things with, with credit cards and debit cards. And, you know, when I was a kid, it was cash. Yeah. You know, you had to count the cash and you look at the money going, oh, do I really want to part with this? Right. It's a lot different when you take a debit card and you go tap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't even like, if I don't see the money leaving my hands, it's basically like, oh, I didn't spend anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's dangerous. <laughs> it, yeah, it really is. So why did you start investing? That's a really good question. I don't remember why. Um, I think I, I, because I studied it in school, I was a finance marketing major in university. And, um, you know, I, I graduated in 87 from ASU. And that was a pivotal point in the stock market. The stock market had was right around 1400 and it really in within a couple of years went to 2000 it's now 34000 um that's the dow jones and um wow but when it went from 1400 to 2000 that was such a gain that um you know kind of ca it caught my attention and i thought wow you know there's a lot of new companies you got to remember in the 80s too Microsoft started, Apple computers started. There were a lot of new technologies and a lot of new industries that were just on the forefront. 
You yeah. know, like I, when I was in university, I used a typewriter and then eventually I had a Texas Instruments computer hooked up to a typewriter to print out my papers. I mean, it was completely different. Like this is going back to the very beginning of the computer age. Yeah. You had a typewriter? I had a typewriter. <gasps> it was electric. That's cool. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was, you know, but um, that's how we had to do our papers. Wow. And, and there was nothing online. There was no internet. There were no cell phones. There were no, everything was books and notes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you guys are, you know, at, at your age, you're seeing the same thing. I mean, you're seeing the, um, the evolution of currency and monetary systems that are, you know, maybe you take, you take them for granted because it, it's not such a drastic change. You live in a digital world. Right. I grew up with technology. You grew up with technology. And so you guys adapt to it far more quickly than, than we would have. Um, for a couple of reasons. One is those technologies seem to come faster than they ever did before. And two, because you weren't going from an analog system to a digital system. And, and that's a huge jump from analog to digital. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like if we ever switch back to analog, I think all of us would have a big problem. Yeah. Well, imagine record players. Oh my you, God. You don't even know what that is. You've never seen one. Yeah. You used to take a piece of vinyl. Oh, I guess you do know what it is. Okay. Yeah. You used to have one in the kids' apartment. I would play with That's it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I mean, stocks are just like buying individual pieces, like just shares of the company. But is Dow Jones like made up of multiple companies? Yeah. The Dow Jones represents um, the American economy by following 30 companies. Okay. Yeah. And, and so it's like. Dow Chemical, and I don't even think Dow Chemical is around anymore. But basically, 30 of the biggest companies in, in the American economy are the Dow Jones. It's right. only 30 companies. And then you, then you have the S&P 500, which and is, you have the, which is 500 companies. Right, yeah. And then you have the NASDAQ, which is another listing of companies out of Chicago. The, the NASDAQ is out of Chicago. Okay. But, you know, the universe of publicly traded companies, those are companies that you can buy shares in, mm -hmm. are, I think there's maybe 7,000 or 8,000 companies. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's big, but it's not enormous. Yeah, I know? mean, there's so many companies that don't have stocks. Or don't yeah, have of stocks. course, all the privately held companies. If you're a privately held company, you're not publicly traded. Yeah. And so people can't just go out and buy a piece of it. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, when you buy a share of stock, you're buying a small fraction of the company itself. Yeah. Whether it be Apple or or Boeing or, or Caterpillar. Yeah. Yeah. So I know in the States it's a bit different. Like Canada has the TFSA, so like the tax-free savings account where people would invest money through there, but you used an RRSP, right? Yeah, and that's why well, I, I always worked in Canada. Right. I went to school in the States, but my all my jobs have always been in Canada. Okay. And um, yeah, and back, uh, even when I graduated, they did have RSP, so an RRSP, a Registered Retirement Savings Plan. Right. And what that meant is that, you know, if I put in $100 or $1,000 in a year, um, that came right off the top of my income. I didn't have to ever pay tax on that money. So that was the advantage. Right. Yeah. So in Canada, like it's a TFSA. So like our tax-free savings account, and I think their contribution limit is of 600, 6,000. Mm -hmm. 
So that starts when you're 18 and like basically I can now invest through there and then any income that I make off of my invested money is tax-free. That's right. Yeah, it's sheltered. It's protected until you take it out at, at some point in the future. And, um, you know, of course, when you're playing with uh, tax-free money, um, you have the advantage that um, you're, you're using the everything you've earned, basically. So it's a gross. There's, you know, if you make $5,000 in a year in your first job <clears throat> and you put it all into a tax-free savings account, um, then it will continue to grow if you assuming you make good investments it will continue to grow tax-free right so, you know yeah you always want to take advantage of the um of the tax-free savings accounts or the registered retirement savings plans that are uh common in canada right yeah and how did you choose what to invest in like what what makes a company stand out to you that always is determined by at what age you're investing and where you have your focus and your attention. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're younger, you tend to want to make bigger risks or take bigger risks and, and you want to make the big dollar quickly. When mm -hmm. you get older, you know, you, you're more about preservation of capital and wanting to have a, a rate of return that exceeds the market. But, um, lets you sleep at night <laughs> right yeah you know? so it really depends on at what age you are i think the thing that's unrealistic that i see in the market today is that people want to double their money you know in a very short period of time and um you know it's certainly possible to do that but it's it's the exception you know for every company that succeeds wildly there's probably four or five companies before it that failed and um and it's only through experience that you will see that pattern and see that history. Right. So, you know, I think I always liked the phrase, you know, bloom in your own backyard. And what, what that meant to me was, you know, I was in film and television. And so I looked at technology and I had a pretty good idea of what was changing um, the nature of the business. And, you know, once I saw where the change was, I could identify the company that was behind the change. Yeah. And, you know, for me, Apple Computer, you know, I've been a, I've been a fan of Apple Computer since 1998 and, um, and a fan of Steve Jobs. And so, and of course, they've done very well. And it, it's been a company that I've always felt good about. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like the stock market really is like a learning experience, like especially when you're first investing, like you're not sure where to go and there's always risk involved. But I think long term investments are much less risky than if you're like looking to get rich quick. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and having patience is a really important thing, you know, because there are cycles to the economy and there are uh, patterns to the to the ups and downs of the economic cycle. So you know, just because the last 10 years have been favorable in the stock market doesn't mean the next 10 will be. So I think it's um, wise to take your time, be patient and uh, and do your research. Yeah, I think that's really important. Definitely researching, like maybe waiting before like you actually do invest. So you're not just jumping like headfirst with no knowledge. And I think that leads us to like, what are some mistakes that you have made that like others could avoid or that you would go back and change because i feel like 
a lot of people tend to like panic when the market dips and like they think that they're losing money and then they tend to sell when it's lower and they've already bought higher and I think that some of the things that I learned in the university are still um, applicable today one is diversity mm-hmm. so that you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and in, in doing that um, you mitigate the risk um, um, uh, among a portfolio of stocks and you try to pick stocks that are somewhat counter cyclical to, to one another and um, you know that's one of the, the ways you mitigate risk in the olden days <laughs> they used to say you know put 60% of your money in equities and 40% in bonds well today bonds don't make any money for you so what you have to do is you don't put all your money in equities you always keep a certain percentage in cash because if the market does correct then you want to have some cash to invest in some good buying opportunities that are there. Mm -hmm. And also, if it does correct, you don't feel like, oh my gosh, I put all my money in equities and now it crashed 30%. I'm down 30%. Um, So that's something to always consider. And the other thing is too, you know, I mentioned there's seven or 8,000 publicly traded companies. That's a lot of colors in that palette of colors. And most people are only aware of maybe 100 or 200 companies. Right. Yeah. Me included. I'm, I'm no Warren Buffett, you know, and, um, you know, there are a lot of companies out there that I, I just have not examined because um, I simply don't have the time to do it probably. Mm-hmm. But um, always keeping an open eye uh, on companies that are out there that are doing something. But going back to the point of being able to say no that's as important as it is to say yes um a lot of companies at first blush appear to be amazing because yeah. there's a lot of really incredible things being done right now yeah there's and, a lot of like flashy new technology like new electric cars there's tons of things coming out now yeah and as a new investor as a young investor it's it's always very attractive and you're like oh man i just learned about this new company i want to invest in it well, and that's where the patience comes. You have to allow yourself to look at who their competitors are and see whether or not there's actually a, a brighter star in that universe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's really important to be like objective when looking at companies and. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely thinking with logic rather than emotions. Yeah. And, and the other thing is that I try to remind myself of, and that is that the time to know when you're going to sell a stock is the day you buy the stock. So if you buy a stock at $10, you need to know at that point, am I going to sell it at 14 or, or 20 or 11 or, you know, what is enough? Yeah. You know, at what point am I satisfied with the return on investment that I'm going to sell it and take the profit? Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that's important because like you can't just wait forever. Yeah. And are you watching any specific companies now? I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at... Um, a company called True Car that I kind of like. It's a uh, it's a kind of like the Amazon of the car market. Yeah, know, it gives you the ability to buy a used or new car anywhere in uh, the United States digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a couple of Canadian companies. Uh, one is called There's a company in Vancouver called Solo that, and I don't know how how well they'll do, but they make an electric three wheeled car. Um, you know, 80% of the cars in Los Angeles area 
are driven by single drivers. And um, so, you know, they may, they may be successful. Uh, yeah. I like the fact that they're in Vancouver. Um, there's another one in Vancouver called Cub, which is Cubic Farm Systems. And they're allowing for people to basically grow uh, herbs and green vegetables uh, literally on location. So, you know, I think they have some potential as well. I like these little companies that are trying to be disruptors. They're trying to say, you know, we don't need to have the, the farmers ship their goods, you know, 500 miles to us. We can grow them on whatever little patches of soil or locations that we have close to where the food is being consumed. Yeah, I find, I think that's really interesting because that seems definitely more sustainable than transporting food like miles and miles away. It is, and if you've ever tasted something out of your own garden, you realize it actually tastes a lot better than stuff you buy at the store. Right, yeah. And I wanted to get your opinion on cryptocurrency. Sure. Do you follow that at all? I follow it, and it's, to me, cryptocurrencies are an interesting anomaly in investing universe. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of them. They tend to be Vegas kind of things, you know, Vegas money, mm -hmm. um, even Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin blew up. Recently. Bitcoin did blow up, but a single transaction in Bitcoin uses a million times more electricity than one single transaction on a Visa card. Yeah. And so there are some limitations to how well and how ubiquitous uh, cryptocurrencies will be. I think there's going to be a second generation of how we integrate these bit these blockchain technologies into our economy um and i don't think we've seen it yet but it yeah. will it'll get figured out and there will be a second generation of, of of blockchain that will be usable and sustainable and reliable right because i know elon musk has like a lot of influence on cryptocurrency and i know that he was looking into just more sustainable ways of cryptocurrency right yeah yeah and Elon's a really, you know, he's a mad genius and, um, you know, but he's also one of the richest guys in the world. So, you know, he can throw a billion dollars at something and if it blows up, he can, you know, forget about it and just go on to his, his next thing. Yeah, for sure. It's true. Do you look up to anyone in like the 1%, I guess? Um, you mean individual people and do I, do I have any mentors? Yeah, or just like people you look up to, like especially like more of the ones that are like involved in like the stock market or like big companies. Oh like yeah, that. absolutely. You know, a couple of the people that I like, I like Tim Cook at Apple. I like Darren Etwasola. Tell us, um, you know, there are certain people out there that have a real vision for uh, the company they run or the industry they're in, and and those are the people that I put my money behind. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, for sure, and. As we do wrap this up, do you have any last words of advice for people looking to invest? Um, don't expect miracles. Take your time, do your research, and choose wisely. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Abby. I enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. I'm not going to